Okay, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. My name is Will Doctor, along with co-host again, James Ledbetter, just in time uh, for the beginning of the FedEx Cup playoffs, which is uh, one of the most extra- exciting stretches uh, we have during the, the year of golf. And the tour starts it here uh, at the Northern Trust Open at Liberty National Golf Club. Uh, Led is going to give you more information um, on Liberty National, then we're going to go over some of the favorites and advise you on how to go about picking those favorites. Uh, then we will get into some head-to-head picks to place, uh, dark horses, a winner or two, and then our best bets. So a really exciting show planned ahead and led. Um, I've really been zoning in on how many Americans are in the field this week that played at the 2017 President's Cup, which was here uh, at Liberty National. I'm and I'm going uh, to, to point out that as we get into favorites, um, there's so many of those Americans um, that were undefeated in that President's Cup. But uh, first off, how are you and, and what do you got for us on Liberty National? Yeah, I'm doing well. Just to get started here, you know, we're moving into the playoffs. I'm going to give a little rundown about how the playoffs work. So like the average PJ Tour event was normally worth 500 FedEx Cup points. These are worth, worth uh, 2,000 FedEx Cup points each, so four times, obviously, as much. So a lot on the line this week and next week, and it's really all about kind of positioning yourself for the Tour Championship and kind of uh, so you guys understand how the Tour Championship works. It's not like getting to the top five and then you control your own destiny anymore. It's that staggered leaderboard. So the guy who is first place, Morikawa, if he held that position heading into the Tour Championship, he would start that event at 10 under. Versus a guy who's in fifth place, he would start that at five under. And then, you know, let's say a guy who squeezes into that 30th spot, he's starting at even. So really important to position yourself to get into, obviously, the tour championship and then have a chance at that 15 million. But, well, kind of like what you talked about, we're heading to New York City um, for the first event of the FedEx Cup. There's 124 players in the field. Notably, Louis Usazen is sitting out again after uh, sitting out last week. Not sure if there's an injury going on, but carrying way too many second place finishes on his back. Yeah, that might be the reason he's got a little back pain there. But, you know, honestly, kind of a surprising decision. Just what we talked about. It's so important to be first versus fourth versus eighth. So every little point counts. So interesting to see him sitting out. But other than that, we got an unbelievable field. You know, actually, according to World Golf Ranking, this is the strongest field in the history of golf. So, you know, pretty cool to see. Obviously, everyone showing up. And really what it is, is the top 70 players on the FedEx Cups points after this week are going to make it to that next event, and that's the BMW Championship. So moving right into the golf course, like you talked about, we're playing Liberty National Golf Club, hosted the 2019 Northern Trust Open and the President's Cup. And it's just a really cool golf course. There's, you, know, you can see the Statue of Liberty from a couple holes. And um, the, the course is going to be made up of bent grass, fairways, and greens. It's a par 71. It's playing 7,400 yards. And one of the things that stands out that a lot of pros originally complained about before they redesigned it was the greens had a ton of slope, and the fairways were super narrow, and the greens were super small. Um, they actually widened the fairways a decent amount, took a little bit of the slope out, but for the most part, the greens are, are incredibly small. So a couple of the stats we're going to look at is just – Obviously, if the greens are small, small targets, we're going to look at the ball strikers. And then, you know, realistically, 
even for these good ball strikers, if the greens are incredibly small, they're going to, you know, a good day, a good day on the links might be hitting 12, 13 greens. So they're, even if they have a good ball striking day, they're going to have to get the ball up and down. So we'll look at around the green as well. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that about widening the fairways. Cause as I look through, um, some of the horses this week, someone like Brandon Grace, who's kind of really had a difficult year off the tee. Um, I'll probably be rethinking that um, as we move along here. Um, yeah. Great stat there, but yeah. Yeah. And then just moving into, you know, Dustin Johnson is defending champion. You know, even though he's defending champion, they move this tournament around a lot. So last year he won at TPC Boston. He won by 11 shots, which is just ridiculous <laughs> looking back at it. But the last time they held this event at Liberty National, Patrick Reed was uh, was the, the winner. He, he won with a score of 16 other, under par. Some other notables included uh, Abraham Anser, finished a shot back, you know, winner of the WGC uh, two weeks ago. And then a fellow by the name of John Rahm finished third in that event in 2019. So moving right into favorites, we have John Rahm at 9-1. to one. So he's a prohib- prohibitive favorite this week. He's the reigning U.S. Open champ and the number one player in the world. Strokes gained, he's second off the tee and eighth approach to the green. You know, really just bringing it all year. Honestly, with those stats, you think you would have, you know, four or five wins and it really be one of the you know, best years of the decade. So he has 12 top tens on the year and is leading the PJ Tour in scoring average. And like I just kind of mentioned, he's only won once this year. Obviously, he had that debacle at, at Jack's tournament with the COVID and hit a six-shot lead going to the final round, probably would have notched another win there. But um, – yeah. And it was out again two weeks ago with uh, at WGC. It's second second COVID positive this year. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so honestly, interesting to look at, at how he kind of brings back that hot streak that he was going on through the U.S. Open and that stretch. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, the, the one positive COVID test and you kind of look at it as adversity, the second, and it's like, okay, did it, did it throw me off at all? So it'd be interesting to see that. Like, Yeah. And I think one thing to look at is, I mean, he's the favorite, like he's like single digits, obviously odds here. So in terms of, in terms of my thought process on him, I'm passing him on him this week, just because yes, he, all the stats back it up, but this is like we've said is the best field in the history of golf. Right. So um, maybe potentially see him in some top 10 plays, but in terms of, uh, you know, just because that gives you a little bit more wiggle room, but, um, yeah, I don't have anything on him this week in terms of winning. Yeah, so on to Spieth at uh, 16 to 1. And painful loss two weeks ago at St. Jude with that top 10 ticket I had. Ended up finishing 12th. But luckily, you know, my Spieth over Xander ticket even that out. But now uh, here two weeks later at the Northern Trust. And I want to start uh, by, address, by addressing Spieth's history here um, at the Northern Trust. His year actually ended here. Uh, at the tournament, not the course uh, last year with a missed cut. But obviously, I don't feel like that is anything to consider uh, because of how poor uh, he was playing at that point in time. It was also hosted at TPC Boston, so totally different golf course. Uh, but when this event was held at Liberty National in 2019, um, he ended up finishing sixth while in speed fashion lost almost two shots to the field um, off the tee. Um, but just to show, you know, um, you know, Spieth's consistency um, over the over the span of, you know, kind of the last events this year, he's finished finished in the top ten in five of his last nine events, and, and out of those uh, nine, he's only finished outside the top twenty once, 
dating back to his win um, at Valero in April. But, um, you know, Spieth has a ton of good mojo around Liberty National, dating back to the 2017 uh, President's Cup when, you know, him and Patrick Reed single-handedly defeated the world. So, um, you know, lost his Sunday singles match that year. But, um, you know, I just think that Spieth has an extremely good feel for this place. And, um, you know, with the way he's been playing, I think it's foolish not to take a good look at a Spieth top 10 or 20 ticket this week. Um, that being said, I'm going to hold out on a Spieth winning ticket for East Lake uh, in, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm passing on Spieth as well. Uh, one of the things that kind of stands out to me is just he's only played two events in the last two months. So I'm going to look at him more next week. This is co- more of a, you know, get his, uh, get his feet wet kind of situation at this first tournament. He's second at FedEx Cup. It's not like he needs to uh, have an unbelievable week to get into next week or anything like that. So, yeah, he's a pass for me this week as well. So um, moving on, our next guy is Colin Morikawa at 18 to 1. You know, winner of the British Open earlier in the year. He's sitting in pole position for the FedEx Cup. He has two wins, eight top tens on the season, and just the stats of just, you know, what we talked about is he's really just kind of been blowing people away, ball, ball striking. He's leading the field in strokes gained tee to green and strokes gained approach. Specifically, his short irons have just been unbelievable this year. He's leading the tour with an average of, you know, when he has 125 to 150 anywhere in that in that uh, in that number, he's averaging 16 feet from the hole. So just giving himself a ton of birdie opportunities. And I just think he's been too consistent all year to not take him in some picks to place uh, this week in New York. Yeah. Also one uh, more call won $2 million last week. Didn't even play just sat in the top 10 of the FedEx cup standings. Easy 2 million right there. That's, but- what, that's what, one of the things I was thinking about is I'm surprised Spieth being second, the FedEx cup didn't want to kind of, he was only like 30 FedEx cup points behind him. I think he could have finished like eighth and got that little $2 million bonus. So it was interesting to see these guys just, sit out on two mil uh, for that window. Cause there is a $2 million bonus for winning the regular season. Right. Yeah. And, and especially at a place like Sedgefield where Spieth has, has, has so much good history at second place. And I think it was 16 Patrick Reed playoff. Um, but I know I'm, I'm with you there. Okay. So on to Dustin Johnson um, at 18 to one and, and, you know, most of you are probably wondering why Dustin isn't favored after winning this event uh by 11 shots last year um different course you know i've read so many articles this week about what he did at this tournament last year and you know from a betting perspective it doesn't matter at all um so as far as dj dj's track record at liberty national um you know he's also finished sixth um on on this golf course in 2019 with spieth uh, you know, as far as 2017 win at the President's Cup, I know it's a totally different format, match play. Uh, but he did finish with a 4-0 and one record in five matches at the 2017 President's Cup. So, you know, like Spieth, a lot of good feels around this place. And as of recent, you know, DJ's played extremely well. He has, he has uh, top 10 finishes in three of his last six starts. And if there was any concern after his miscut, Three weeks ago at the 3M, it was certainly cleared up with his with his 10 place finish um, at the WGC St. Jude the next week. So I really love DJ um, as a top 10 ticket or a winning ticket this weekend, and I'll probably look to buy both. Yeah, I'm on DJ as well. Um, let's moving into Xander Shoffley at 22 to one. 
So the gold medalist is back in action after a week off last week at the Wyndham. Um, this year, he's just been incredibly consistent. Not many wins besides the Olympics, which doesn't count as, the, uh, as an official PGA Tour win. But other than that, he has uh, seven top 10s and 14 top 25s in the 19 events that he's played. Unbelievable. 14 for 19 in terms of finishing the uh, top 25. And then he has three second place finishes, kind of like what we talked about. So just looking at him statistically, he's the only guy in tour in the top 20 in both strokes gained tee to green and strokes gained putting. And it just seems, you know, like I keep saying, how has he not won more? Uh, you know, but after winning at the Olympics, I think there's a little bit of an overreaction to him winning that. I think, you know, obviously mentally he got the monkey off his back, but when you break down that tournament, there's only 60 guys in the field. And really, when you look at the odds, there were only five, six guys that really had the capability of winning. So, you know, it wasn't like this stacked WGC event that he just won. But, um, you know, even with the win of the Olympics, just looking back at it, Xander all year hasn't really proven that he's been, been able to take down elite fields. And like we talked about, this is the strongest field in the history of golf. So I like him in some top 10 plays this week. But in terms of winning, I'm certainly passing on him. Yeah, next up to Brooks Kepka at 25 to 1. So, you know, with a player like Kepka, who, who is typically, uh, you know, so flawless, there is some uh, things to address with the putter that he's faced recently. You know, he's lost strokes on the greens um, to the field in two of the last four events he's played. But um, in all honesty, it's, you know, it's nowhere near enough for me to bet against him uh, this week. It's inter interesting to note that the last time, um, you know, this event was held here in 2019. He also um, lost a shot and a half to the field on the green. So it's not a bent grass thing. I don't know if it's a Liberty National thing. Like I said, very minimal stat to look at. But, um, you know, you know, as we get into, you know, your Bryson eval next, it's a good time to mention that we're still waiting uh, for Bryson and Brooks, uh, you know, a final round mono -e mono showdown. So, um, you know, it, it's been, a, it's been quite a bit of time, you know, since their, um, you know, their, their, their scuffle, scuffle to the, the start of the social media beef, but, uh, you know, Brooks has finished top 10 in three of his last four events. Um, uh, that's been fantastic. We've had a couple tickets on him, uh, but we need the two of those in a final round pairing, um, this Sunday, I'm definitely be, um, looking at that Brooks first Bryson, uh, head to head bet as we move forward. Yeah. And it just seems, you know, well, like you said, top 10, not only top 10s, top sixes in three of his last four starts. So, you know, really playing consistently. And it's just one of those things on whether Brooks kind of seems like he, uh, you know, it, if it just becomes down to, does he classify it as a big event or not? You know, he has shown that if it's a major or it's a WGC or it's a big event that he's going to show up. But, you know, obviously the John Deere Classic doesn't obviously uh, doesn't, um, doesn't do it for him. Doesn't but, yeah, you know, that, that big motto in golf, you know, control the controllables. It seems like Brooks is the only guy out here that, that like, as far as his, his, his give a shit level, he controls yeah. that, whether, whether yeah. he shows up and plays well. It, it really feels like he does. This year has been a, been a um, it's definitely proven that. Yeah, for sure. So moving right into his, uh, yeah, his counterpart, Bryson DeChambeau, 29 to one. And 
you know, everybody kind of has a bad taste in their mouth with DeChambeau, um, but not me. So DeChambeau had an epic collapse at the WGC in Memphis. He shot a, a you know, back nine 41, dumped a couple in the water. But rather than looking at that as, oh, Bryson can't close out tournaments, you know, I look at it as, you know, Bryson put himself through 63 holes of the event um, at TPC Southwind, put himself in position to win that tournament. You know, that's a course with a ton of water, you know, really difficult golf course. And Bryson was able to, you know, keep the driver intact for the most part. But 40, 41 on the back is, is shocking. Yeah, 41 on the back. It's shocking. Yeah. You know, a little backdoor top 10, right? Or I guess front door top 10. But, um, you know, I look at these, you know, he did the same thing at the U.S. Open, but you have to put yourself in a position to collapse. You know what I mean? Like he's finishing 12th in the U.S. Open, shooting 44 on the back. But little do people know, it seems like that entire tournament, he didn't even play that well, but he's, you know, in the in the hunt uh, coming down the stretch. So, you know, whether it's a guy like, Xander and he hasn't been able to finish off golf tournaments I might look at that but Bryson has shown he can you know he can win when he is uh when he's in contention so he's not he's a proven winner so I'm not really worried about that uh situation he has seven top tens on the year and 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 uh you know eight other top and top 25s in over half of his start so back to this week he's leading the tour in strokes gained off the tee and he's 29th in putting lethal combo there he's at you know, as we've talked about, these amount of drama surrounding him, we've had looking at cameras, rules official, Brooks, and even with all that going on, he's seventh in the FedEx Cup. Very underrated, having a you know a great year. So I do like him this week at twenty nine to one. I feel like he should be in somewhere to that twenty two to one, twenty to one range. Certainly in that Xander range. So the fact that we're getting him at close to thirty to one, I love jumping on that this week. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I looked at I looked through his you know the, his his FedEx Cup profile and with this weird COVID year, you know that 2020 U.S. Open is factored in uh, to mm. his FedEx Cup standings. I mean, you, you are you know he, he's seventh. You know that's the way it works. Um, I'm going the other way against uh, against Bryson uh, this week. We'll get to that uh, shortly after we're done with favorites. But on and one to- thing I want to one one more thing I want to add about Bryson. It's the fact that he can contend in golf tournaments with two clubs in his bag. You know what I mean? It's like, give the guy what, best driver on tour. A driver and a wedge. Driver and a putter, right? Because he's yeah. 29th in putting. Give this guy a mid-iron, and it seems like he could contend out there. So the fact that, you know, he's not one of those guys like, oh, my long irons are off, my short irons are off. If he's bombing it out there and making putts, he's going to be inside the top 10. So that's why I have him in a lot of plays this week. So on to Rory McIlroy at 22 to one and um, have no idea how Rory uh, made his way up to the favorites this week. He's lost at least two strokes on the greens, the field in four of his last five events. So no real sign of Rory improving on the greens at all. Um, You know, he's had some good finishes, but it's just been, it's been inconsistent golf week to week, 49th at the PGA, 18th at Memorial, 46th at the open, uh, 12 at the St. Jude. I don't know how I'm supposed to bet on Rory, um, you know, at all. It's just been, it's tough for me to get a comfortable feel with him. I'm, I'm, I'm passing on him this week. Um, unless I see something interesting in the country specific picks to place. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, that's all I got on Rory. It's just no, no consistency at all. No safe pick on him. I mean, the only thing he really has going for him, right. Is he's, he's won, he's already won two FedEx cups in his career. Um, but like you talked about, 
having a you know a good year for Rory, I guess a mediocre, a great year for most, but a mediocre year for Rory. But in terms of the fact that he just hasn't been able to really get it done on the weekend, you know, only one win this year at the Wells Fargo, and uh, I guess the only thing he really has go for going for him is it's not a major, right? He should be able to, <laughs> to yeah, to shoot, yeah, to yeah. Get, but uh, but no, you're and and the other thing is he he's. He struck his irons actually, you know, considerably well. Third from 100 to 125 yards, 19th and approaches from 175 to 200. I'm not sure, you know, you're more the coach in the room. I, you know, I, I look at those numbers pretty considerably on tour, but you know, the putting is just it's 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 non-existent every week. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to see him obviously back in contention at the Olympics and stuff, but just like we talked about, wasn't the you know craziest yeah. strength field of all time or anything. Yeah. Yeah. What might have been a tied, even though it was a whatever loss in a playoff for bronze. It might've been a tied 12th in a normal WGC week. So don't, don't overreact too much. So moving into our next guy, Justin Thomas at 25 to one. So for some reason I keep, we've talked about this. I keep forgetting you won the players championship. You know, he was when he was hitting those uh, sling hooks and all those cool shots and stuff. They're, they're but, fairly quiet since though. Yes. Very true. But he's fifth in strokes gain T to green on the year. And you know, real, he's actually hasn't been driving the ball that well. The only reason he's that high up is his, his iron play has been incredible. Um, but what it really comes down to is, you know, not really his irons. His irons always show up. Is can he put the ball in the fairway? So that's something to look for this week. Um, doesn't sound like there's crazy rough out there. I know there's some, um, there's you know, knee high rough if you really get off. But for the most part, you can you can play from there. But he finished tied 12th here in 2019, so a little bit of course history there. And then one other thing to look at is just that JT, he turns it on for the FedEx Cup playoffs. He's finished in the top seven in the FedEx Cup's final standings the last four years, going back to when he won the whole thing in 2017. So for me, he's a pass this week. I'd like to see a little more recent form going to this, like we talked about. Hasn't really shown too much since the players, but we'll move in and right into our next guy. Yeah, yeah, over to uh, to Daniel Berger at twenty eight to one, and and he's been you know one of my favorite guys to bet on here in the last four weeks. Has simply uh, put together an unbelievable season. We talked about it a lot before uh, St. Jude a couple weeks ago. Um, we had that Berger over Deschambeau ticket um, that cashed on his way to a T five finish, and you know now he's finished top ten in three of his last four events. So. Um, as we look in specific at how he's gone around Liberty National um, in, in the past and, um, you know, going back to that president's come in 2017, he was another guy. Um, well, actually, the only guy we've talked about so far, the last one was was uh, was DJ who went four zero and one Berger actually went undefeated uh, that week at the 2017 President's Cup. So. Um, this is going to lead me right into my first head-to-head pick of the week um, with Daniel Berger over Justin Thomas at minus 105. Um, you know, J- Justin Thomas has reminded me kind of a lot of Rory here over the past eight events. You know, he has putted at times horrendous, almost losing. Uh, you know, he's lost two shots, two total shots to the field um, in two of his last five events. So odds still in his favor as far as the putting goes, but I just think, we talked about it with JT and the favorites, just a little too inconsistent. Um, so my first head to head is going to be Daniel Berger over Justin Thomas at minus one Oh five. Okay. On to my second uh, Northern trust head to head of the week. I'm taking Brooks Kepka um, over Bryson DeChambeau at minus one Oh five. 
you know, regardless that these two haven't played well enough in the same event to have a true match play-esque duel down the stretch of a golf tournament, we, we get the opportunity here um, at the Northern Trust this week to take sides. And I'm going with Team Brooks. Um, a lot of you will glance you know, at some of the overall statistics between the two this year and see that Bryson's seventh in the FedEx Cup standings and Brooks is 15th. Uh, well, you know, big deal. Uh, the fact of the matter is, um, in Brooks's last six events, he has four top 10 finishes and three of which are in majors. Um, so did have a terrible week at the FedEx St. Jude a couple of weeks ago, actually lost me a ticket there, but you know, you have to think that Brooks checks his matchup every week, uh, just takes a quick, quick glance at the books. You know, we know he loves his NFL, his NFL picks and his practice round gambling action with Phil. So seeing that he's up against Bryson, you know, I, I think the give a shit meter turns up for Brooks. Um, and, and he brings it this week as far as, you know, going against Bryson. Um, you know, he's finished outside the top 25 in three of his last five events. So, um, you know, Brooks was at the 2017 President's Cup, went two and one. Uh, Bryson doesn't have that experience to fall back on. And, and um, you know, I, I think Brooks is going to win us this ticket, ticket this week and then disappoint us with some cheesy Instagram video dissing Bryson while he drinks a god-awful Michelob Ultra. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm also going Team Brooks as well. I'm doing Brooks Kepka over Xander Shoffley in my head-to-head. That's plus 125. And, you know, not not uh, getting too complicated here. I just see these two players really at the same level. So the fact that I'm getting plus 125 is a little bit of value. You know, well, even if they were going to a playoff, eight, you know, they, they tied in this tournament and they're going into sudden death playoff. I feel like Brooks would be, would be favored. The only reason I feel like Brooks is – we're getting that, you know, positive number at plus 125. It's just Brooks has kind of had an up and down year. It seems like he either finishes top five or misses cut. So in terms of this head to head, it's kind of nice knowing Brooks is just really kind of in control of this thing. Um, and I think we'll know pretty early if Brooks, if Brooks, if he has a good first round, he's normally in it till the end. So that's my first one with Brooks over Xander plus 125. And then for my second one, I'm doing Dustin Johnson over John Rom plus 160. I just feel like they are completely disrespecting DJ with this line. He's a defending champion. Yes, it's on a different golf course, but I'm sure they got the same tee markers and you're walking into this tournament with some pretty good vibes, obviously, after winning by 11 last year. And in terms of, you know, he's he's really played well in this part of the country. Dustin has a ton of wins kind of in the northeast of, of the U.S. here. And honestly, I don't think DJ should really be much of a dog to anyone, but Plus, uh, plus 160, kind of like we're talking about, ton of value there. And like you talked about, you know, we, with the course history, he went 4 0 1 back in 2017. Always got to beat his John Rahm, and I think he can do it. Yeah. So, on to our uh, Northern Trust, trust uh, picks to place uh, this week. I'll start off here with Scotty Scheffler, uh, top 20 at plus 140. It is shocking um, how we're still getting this guy to finish in the top 20. Um, at plus money, you know, I said two weeks ago before the FedEx St. Jude, um, after we cast our cashed our our Scheffler best bet top twenty pick there, uh, that we weren't going to probably see him that close to even money to finish in the top twenty in quite some time. But I was wrong, and for even uh, better sake for uh, you know everyone who's going to take that ticket this week, um, you know we get Scotty Scheffler at plus money to finish top twenty this week. 
Um, and, and, and these were his final numbers at the WGCs and majors combined this year. He finished top 20 in every major this year, three of which were top 10. Um, and, and he finished top 20 in all WGC events this year, um, two of which being in the top five. So um, now uh, with the way the tour championship is formatted, uh, you know, th- this event is just as big um, as it is for players that want to climb the rankings that much, as much as possible before Eastlake. Um, so, uh, you know, I just feel like there's still, you know, when we're, when we're taking Scheffler with these top 20s, I just feel like there's still room uh, for him to fire kind of a 73 or 74, like he did at FedEx um, at, at WGC FedEx in Memphis a couple of weeks ago and still finished top 20. So, my first pick to place is Scotty Scheffler, top 20 at plus 140. Okay, my second uh, Northern Trust picks to place uh, this week is going to be Brooks, top 10 at plus 200. And I don't usually double up um, on one golfer all that often, but I would punch myself if I didn't capitalize um, you know, on the juice for Brooks uh, to finish in the top 10 uh, with the sort of attitude that I feel like he's going to bring in this event. I don't, I don't, I know with a player like Brooks Kepka, who seemingly controls his results um, on, on how he finishes, um, you know, I, 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 I think this week finally puts in gear for him, you know, ranked fit 15th in the FedEx cup standings, which is good. But like we've talked about with how this point system works come Eastlake definitely, you know, needs to try to make a move. There's a big check waiting for him at Eastlake. Um, so I feel like the gas is definitely going to be turned on. Um, regardless of that 54th finish at St. Jude a couple weeks ago. So my two Northern Trust picks to place this week are Scotty Scheffler, top 20 at plus 140, and Brooks Kepka top 10 at plus 200. Yeah, and for my picks to place, I have a two-parter to, to start. I have Adam Scott, top 10, plus 400, and Adam Scott, top 20, plus 200. So last week, he was a three-footer away, away from winning the Wyndham. Uh, he won this event back in 2013, obviously a long time ago uh, at Liberty National. Um, but just looking at that last week, and Adam Scott is one of those guys where, you know, obviously he hasn't been one of the best players on tour over the last like five years or anything. But he's one of those guys when he has jumped up for a couple weeks, he has kind of gotten on a run and been able to string together some weeks. So obviously after a really good week last week, just looking at it statistically, was fourth in the field to green and led the field in birdies. He had like 26 par breakers or something last week. So really, if you're looking at it, he should have, he, he should have won that event. Um, but you know, what's cool too, is it was a clutch performance. He needed a good week to even get into this event. So he's finished fifth the last time he played this in 2019. Like we already talked about, he won it in 2013. So I think he's more than capable of finishing the top 10 or, or top 20. So that's my first one, Adam Scott, top 10, top 20. And then for my next couple, I have Patrick Reed, top 10, plus 410. Just looking at him statistically, surprised he hasn't won more besides the Farmers earlier in the year. He's 44th approach, he's 12th around the green, and he's 6th in putting. So as we already talked about, the defending champion at this golf course shot 16 under par, uh, and I believe you know, hasn't actually won that much in, over the last couple of years, obviously won the Masters. Um, and won the farmers early in the year, but the win before that would have been at this tournament at the, uh, 
at the, sorry, at the uh, Northern Trust. So Patrick Reed, more than capable of finishing top 10, best hands in the game. We talked about it earlier. Really small greens. It's okay if he misses the green because he's almost trying to make birdie no matter where he is, whether he's in a trash can or in a grandstand. He's, he's trying to chip that thing in. So Patrick Reed, top 10, plus 410. And then for my last one, I have Dustin Johnson, top 10, plus 210. Will, you talked about you had a great President's Cup when it was here. Um, actually was the 36-hole leader through, uh, in 2019 at, uh, at Liberty National and shown some recent form. We, we don't really need to see that much form from Dustin. We know we can turn it on at any time, but two top 10s in his last three starts. So, so recapping my picks of place, I have Adam Scott, top 10, plus 400. Adam Scott, top 20, plus 200. Patrick Reed, top 10, plus 410. And Dustin Johnson, top 10, plus 210. And I kind of follow you up right there as we move on to our Northern Trust picks to win. Uh, you know, I just have one this week. It's Dustin Johnson at 18 to one. And, uh, you know, kind of fully taking that angle that, you know, Dustin's also in that similar place where Brooks is, um, where he's not in that driver's seat to be an automatic. I know there's so many punt, there's so many points given out at East Lake at the end of the year, uh, but certainly is going to look to, to move up in those rankings inside the, the, the top five here in the next two weeks. Um, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the 2017 president's cup, it, it was, it was four years ago. Uh, but as led, you know, as well as I do, if you feel comfortable on a golf course, you can be away from it for 10 years and it still feels like home when you come back. I think the extreme example um, you know, for the average golf fan was, you know, Tiger coming back to Augusta 15 years later and winning uh, the Masters. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he is probably there's no person that's more comfortable at a golf course besides Tiger at Augusta. But, um, you know, I, I certainly look deep into that that record at, at the President's Cup. And, um, you know, for a guy, um, you know, who's won a tour event in all 14 years on the PGA Tour when when DJ is trending upwards like he is now. Um, you take him. So uh, my pick to win this week is Dustin Johnson at 18 to one. Yeah. And for my picks to win, I have Bryson DeChambeau 29 to one. There's this, you know, media narrative that Bryson's fallen off. He's lost his game. You know, he's having these Sunday meltdowns. He's firing his caddy. Looking at the question. driver head. This isn't good yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, he's seventh in the FedEx cup and Less than 12 months ago, he closed out a U.S. Open. He already has a win earlier in the year at Bay Hill on a difficult golf course. And I, whenever we can get Bryson at almost 30 to 1, I just feel like we have to jump on it. You know, I'm sorry, but it's nice that Daniel Berger's at 29 to 1. He's not the same level of golfer to me uh, at all that, that Bryson is. So Bryson's Shambo 29 to 1 for my first one. And then you can't have Bryson without Brooks, right? So Brooks Kepka 25 to 1. Top sixes in three of his last four starts. I think we'll know pretty early on this one if he's going to be in the mix late on Sunday because it has normally a lot to do with kind of his opening round. So, um, And what it really comes down to and why I kind of like Brooks is it's a big event. And he, like we talked about, he needs to get into position to win a FedEx Cup. You're not going to be winning this thing starting eight shots back to Colin Morikawa at, uh, at Eastlake. So he needs to really you know, step on the gas this week. So you know, recapping Bryson DeChambeau, 29 to one and Brooks Kepka 25 to one. So th th through, through your vision, we're kind of foreseeing this, this Brooks oh, and Bryson thing. It comes together this week, huh? Start filming the documentary now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so onto our, onto our uh, Northern trust dark horses. Um, 
just have one for you this week. And when looking at my dark horse this week, um, and I'll do this again next week, but when we're in this playoff situation and, and you're looking for a dark horse, I go straight, straight to the FedEx Cup rankings um, and, and see who has to finish where in order to play uh, next week uh, because only the top 70 in the standings um, are, 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 are moving on. Um, and, and who I found was Mackenzie Hughes, who's, who's, uh, who's sitting 67th on the FedEx Cup rankings. And um, I'm going to roll with him as my dark horse to finish top 20 at plus 500. Um, like I said, if he wants to advance into next week and give himself any sort of look um, at being in the top 25 come Eastlake in two weeks, he's going to need a great finish this week. Um, and he's, he's proven he can do just that. Uh, finishing top 20 in three of his last five starts. So, um, you know, he's going to have to finish it off um, kind of by getting that tee ball together this week. He's lost strokes with his driver in five of his last six events. Um, but if there's a situ- situational dark horse I like this week, it's uh, it's McKenzie Hughes, uh, top 20 at plus 500. Yeah, and then for my dark horse, I did not like him earlier in the year, but I'm I'm getting on him this uh, this week. Matthew Wolf at 180 to one. I thought it was a misprint when I first saw it. So this guy was a favorite earlier in the year, even when he was you know withdrawn, missing cuts, WD, couldn't break 80. You know he would he was going into these tournaments like whether it be a 3M or a Rocket Mortgage at 35 to one, 45 to one, 50 to one. And it just really seems like with this number, Vegas has just completely given up on him. But in terms of, you know, he's 59th in the FedEx Cup. He's not having as terrible a year as people, people um, would think. He's one of the best amateurs like we've ever seen, right? He's one of the most talented golfers out there. He, you know, absolutely just bombs it off the tee. He's always, you know, top five, top 10 driving distance. And the one thing I talked about is I was like, I will not pick Matt Wolf. I will not pick Matt Wolf until I see a little bit of form, right? You can't pick Matt Wolf would be 45 to one when he's WD the week before taking a month, you know, going, uh, like, you know, can't do a can't do a press conference. <laughs> like yeah. I have to, have to go see Dr. Bob. Yeah, exactly. But in terms of he's made the cut in three of his last four starts. And I just feel like when we can get a guy who could jump out of nowhere and just completely win at 181, you know, throw a couple bucks on him, and, you know, that could really be, could be something nice. So, um, if anyone is able, is able uh, to come out of nowhere. It's a guy like Matthew Wolf, like we talked about, who just absolutely bombs it and uh, can get on a roll and just kind of run away with it. So my dark horse is Matthew Wolf at 180 to one. So moving on to um, our Northern Trust DraftKings lineup, um, tied it up last week. Uh, so so five versus five now between uh, me and Led. So I'll start it off here with my lineup. I'm going. Uh, Brooks Kepka to start it off. Uh, then I'm going Scotty Scheffler. Um, I'm going Sam Burns, Billy Horschel, Bubba Watson, and Seamus Power, and and with a remaining salary of five hundred dollars. So, um, you know, l- looking to game just a little bit of value. I kind of haven't I haven't left anything over the past uh, couple weeks, and can't can't rely on a lot of these these heavy favorites. So kind of that, that goes a little bit behind the Seamus power and, and Billy Horschel picks. Yeah. And then for my, for my team, I'm going with, I'm going super top heavy here. I'm going Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, Russell Henley. He's done a lot of form lately. 
Then we're going a little bit off the deep end here with Maverick McNeely, Matty Wolf, and Carlos Ortiz. And I am capped out like the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, um, on to our Northern Trust best bet um, of the week. Um, I'll start off here. Kevin Streelman top 20 at plus 300. And the reason that Streelman is my best bet this week is because, um, you know, it, it, it's a value pick for what you're getting. He's finished top 20 in six of his last eight events, most recently coming last week um, at the Wyndham with a seventh place finish. Um, and, and the motivation is, is high for Streelman. In the big picture, um, you know, he's had a fantastic stretch of golf. Um, here to close out 2021, yet he's 53rd in the FedEx Cup standing. So, um, you know, you think, you know, a guy like Streelman, he, you know, has finished top 20 in, in, in every major that he's played in this year, didn't play the Masters, but eighth at the PGA, 15th at the U.S. Open, 19th um, at the Open. So definitely someone who's going to have a lot of incentive, incentive to finish high the next two weeks um, and get into that top 25 going into Eastlake. So, more than enough data to tell us that Streelman is more than capable of contending in these elite fields with those high finishes at the majors. And so uh, my best bet for the week is Kevin Streelman top 20 at plus 300. Yeah. Hopefully you can stop by the gas station, grab some glasses before the round. Oh right? my <laughs> God. Yeah. And, that's, and, and, that's... and Academy for some Wilson clubs, but yeah, yeah we'll, exactly. we'll, I gotta, I gotta put that aside this week, Led. Exactly. And then for my best bet, I have Colin Morikawa top 10 plus 210. He's leading in the FedEx cup, you know, obviously, wants to keep that lead going into uh going into east lake and obviously winning the fedex cup but you know can obviously go for it he does you know you can finish dfl this week and it's not the end of the world but just in terms of his uh his recent play top fours and four of his last five starts top tens and six of his last nine starts he's obviously capable of contending this week but top 10 gives us a little uh more wiggle room help us sleep a little easier so colin morikawa top 10 plus 210 lock it in that will wrap things up here on the golf preview podcast on RJ Bell's dream preview. Um, James, thanks very much. Enjoyed it this week on to week two next week of the playoffs before um, the big week at Eastlake. So um, best of luck to everyone with their picks this week, James, I'll see you next week, buddy. Yeah, I'm ready to watch some golf. It should be, you know, a blast, whether it's, you know, watching who's going to win the tournament or seeing who can sweep by the next event. It's going to be exciting. We got to have Bryson and Brooks. Brooks, oh. uh, duel it off in one of these last three events. It's got to happen. Or else we can shut down all the social media stuff. Yeah, exactly. exactly. All right, we'll see you next week. Yep, sounds good. Mm-hmm.